Welcome to the Brave Feminine Leadership Podcast, where we share stories from amazing leaders just like you and me. We break down myths of leadership, imposter syndrome, and we ask what brave feminine leadership means and does it need to change. All of these interviews were originally recorded in video format. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Brave Feminine Leadership for news on when new video series will be dropping. It's wonderful to meet you. Drop me a note if the content resonates. Melissa at bravefeminineleadership.com. Let's get brave. Welcome to our interview series on brave feminine leadership. Today joining us is Christy Chong. Fantastic to have you here, Christy. Thank you so much for having me. Absolute pleasure. Now, I might just help our audience out with a little bit of background before I hand over to you to kind of expand on that for us. So but before I kick off, I might just ask the audience, um, you know, who hasn't experienced the dread of having your period and standing up after a lengthy meeting? Um, or at school, standing up and asking your girlfriend to check the back of your skirt? might give people a bit of an insight into what we're talking about today. So Christy Chong is the CEO and founder of Modibody, a revolutionary high-tech leak-proof underwear brand. Christy's a mum on a mission, a fashtech entrepreneur and a social advocate for people's health issues and rights. With over 13 years in senior management public relations roles for multinational organisations, including McDonald's and Sanofi Aventis, Christy's worked with some of the most renowned brands in business. The idea to launch a business that would revolutionise underwear, we've got to hear about this, was ignited in 2011 after the birth of her second child. So to date, Modibody has sold millions of Australian designed garments worldwide, saving the world from billions of single-use disposable products, a cause that is close to your heart, Christy. Absolutely. Thank you. What a great introduction. So I, um, for our audience who haven't had the pleasure of coming across you before, I'd just love it if you would share some of that journey and the passion that drives you. Absolutely. Well, um, yes, the idea actually did come about back in 2011. Um, it was uh, not long after the birth of my second child and my periods had not long returned, but I'd also started to experience, as many mums do, one in three, um, some light bladder leaks and started training for a marathon, um, you know, and got thinking about how my underwear was failing me. And I was living in Seattle, surrounded by tech. And I don't know how it would all just came. It was one of those light bulb moments, basically, where I thought, I can't believe that, you know, for so long, the only options available for us is to use disposable hygiene to manage our leaks, be it periods, you know, discharge, um, incontinence, sweat, um, that's it. And I felt, you know, maybe it was time for a better solution. Um, and from that initial just thought, um, I went about speaking to friends and family um, about their, their issues. I'm like, do you have leakage? You know, do you have heavy periods? Because I have, you had a leak when you were young and at school. And I found out that overwhelmingly women had been suffering and, and really suffering in silence because no one was talking about incontinence. Um, periods, you know, and, and actually the, the conversations around menstruation were so um, sheltered and, and non-exposed and people, they weren't very um, open and honest as well. And yeah, found that there probably was a need for this, for this better solution, one that was not just more convenient and more comfortable, you know, nicer design, but actually would have a huge impact on our planet. And um, yeah, another 18 months later, 
um, in product development. So my husband actually was doing a fellowship over in Seattle at the time okay. um, in, um, in, in science. And so he said, if you're going to do this, make sure you take a scientific approach. And so I did. And I spent 18 months designing um, the actual technology. So I'm sort of proud to say I am the inventor of this product. We are listed in the Powerhouse Museum in the collection series alongside Columbia. Fantastic. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, um, yeah, it's definitely been an amazing journey from just that initial inception. I love so many aspects of that story. And, um, you know, I remember myself after I had children being surprised that um, sneezing could become, become a danger sport. Um, <laughs> so true it's so common and women don't like to talk about it and and I think for many of us it's an occasional issue it's not an always issue I mean obviously later we know people can get full incontinence and that's more debilitating but I couldn't understand why you'd have to use a liner every single day for those occasional times when our underwear should do more really that's what underwear should do it should protect our bodies from our clothes um, and you know the external world but it, it didn't do that so um, yeah set about designing something better and, and I did it so have you always been an inventor? Uh, no, <laughs> this was totally new. Um, my background, was, as you mentioned, was in public relations um, and uh, marketing. And so, yeah, this, this was a challenge. But I would say about my personality, I'm a problem solver by nature and an activator. And so I think those two things are what allowed me to um, uh, develop this solution and, and move it forward from a solution into a sellable product with a PR strategy and, and um, you know, drive an international growth. Did you always have a dream about maybe doing something yourself one day? I did. I was one of those people. I, I did want to start my own business. I actually thought it would be in PR. Um, it was the step away from my corporate career, um, raising my two children, which for a lot of mums in business as well, uh, where I thought, no, I actually want to create something that's more of a legacy. Um, but then when that idea came, it just hit me and, and the passion um, to fulfill that, you know, that fulfill that desire to give people a better solution and the planet um, something better as well. And that's what's kept me going. Um, I can't quite explain why it came and why I was the person, but it's here and it happened. Um, that's amazing because it really does sound like it's really organic. It's not like you were you, you had a dream to maybe start your business one day, but it's not like you were... I don't know, searching around for what you were going to do or were you, you know, it sounds like this idea just occurred to you because you, you were out running and, and you needed a solution. That's exactly it. It literally was a solution for a problem. Um, and I just couldn't turn away from it, how much women were suffering and people were suffering with these leaky bodies and having only this, you know, disposable option available to us. I just couldn't turn away. I'd had a few ideas, don't get me wrong, but I wasn't out seeking it. And even when I launched, you know, I wasn't looking at that time to big this build this big profitable global company i know not at all i was just focused on getting creating the solution with this product and then getting that into market and seeing if people liked it and yeah it's it's been much more organic where did you start so you say you had um you know the benefit of a husband who gave you some guidance around take a scientific approach but where did you start yeah i started by phone calls um obviously getting on search and looking to speak with um, textile engineers, with fabric companies and manufacturers, um, looking in spaces where I knew Fibertech had evolved over the last few years. So um, I looked at um, the outdoor industry, the performance industry. Um, I looked at 
very even broader industries in textiles and the equine industry even, um, the, uh, the Defence Force. I went pretty broad and I spoke to a lot of people um, and that really helped. If you're, so if, if this idea hadn't occurred to you, do you, were you on a track where you were maybe going to go back into the corporate world at some point, or, or I think you said start your own PR company, but what was the, what alternatives were you running with? Um, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I actually had actually created a website for a PR agency, so I was going to do that, so I had that all ready to go, um, uh, so that's what I would have got, and I always knew when I embarked on this journey that I could go back, so I think the fear of failure didn't exist for me, because I knew I'd had 13 years um, building a corporate career in PR, so I had another alternative, you know, to take it a few years out, it's, it's fine, you can do that, you can take that risk. I love everyone's different stories. You know, some of the people I've interviewed who've got very successful businesses uh, talked about the fact that, you know, they had these incredible careers, investment banker, you know, all sorts of different things, always had this dream of starting their own business, but never kind of felt like they maybe had all the pieces they needed to do it. It doesn't sound like you had that, um, you know, it doesn't sound like you had that sort of doubt really. I didn't. And I think because I tackled every little little moment um, small. So I wasn't, as I said, I wasn't going, I'm going to get investment and I'm going to grow. Like I didn't have that outlook. I mean, I think in a funny way, I've stumbled and fumbled through business and mm -hmm. learned along the way. Um, but don't get me wrong, I've had doubt. I, I absolutely have. I mean, I not only was I creating a new product, I had to create um, uh, a whole new category. So yes, I've had moments of oh, anger and doubt. What am I doing? You know, people people don't understand this is what we need. And I think that's that's normal, but I haven't doubted that um, the process and what I've gone through. So in that sense, but yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> Would you tell us, because um, I know it'll be useful for people in the audience who are either thinking of starting their own business one day, or they've just got a problem where they're stuck in their sort of current role. What are some of the moments that, um, you know, maybe made you feel particularly vulnerable and how did you get through those? Um, yeah, I mean, I think my, my career actually in public relations helped me because you get a lot of rejection from the media. Um, so you're used to pitching in stories and them just not being interested. So you go back and go again. So that actually was helpful. So in any way, I say to people, go out there and face rejection. Um, the, that's how you should be vulnerable. Uh, and so I think when I got rejections from um, if the product didn't, you know, work in the way I wanted to or the, the dye didn't turn out in those early days the way I wanted to, I, I was comfortable with that um, because I was used to it. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Face, go and get rejection. Have rejection in your life. That's what I would say. That's so good. And it actually lines up with uh, someone else who told this amazing story about they needed to build confidence and skill in networking. Yeah. And you know, they'd go to events and sort of stand around awkwardly and not really know what to do. So I absolutely cracked up when they shared that the, the way of um, training themselves for it was to take up speed dating. <laughs> That's a really good suggestion. But it's so funny, like even this morning, I mean, I, I met with, you know, a very um, renowned Senator Penny Wong and um, having this, I'm around this round table of big exporters and big companies and and the day before, I'm like, why do they want me there? I don't have, a, I don't have anything to say. Like you have all that doubt. But I, the the thing I said to myself was, so what? I'll go along and I'll see if there's an opportunity. It could open another door. It could help us. But if not, what have I got to lose? And that's what I'm always asking myself. What have I got to lose by doing it? You know, an hour out of my day. But there could actually be 
a greater opportunity that um, opens doors for you. So I think when you go into that mindset, it it gives you a different um, attitude. Yeah, that's um, that's a great example because I know a lot of people go into those situations and feel overwhelmed when they're there. There's a voice going inside their head, kind of saying, "You need to ask something. You should be saying something." But thinking, "Whatever I'm going to say is not going to be, you know, yeah. not going to be as good as everyone else around the table." Um, and and often. Um, you know, you hear things about, and I'm generalising, but you hear things about women where you need to help them find their voice. And I just wonder, how did you go with your voice this morning? I think I went okay. I fumbled. I usually do fumble, as you can probably tell even from this interview. I've, I've never, I've always known. I think it's also knowing yourself. So I know I'm not as articulate in those moments because I do get nervous. Um, I'm always better when I'm prepped and I've got, you know, I've gone over things. That's just who I am. So I'm very conscious of that. Um, but I still say it and I try my best and I try and make a connection. And I think I did that today. So I'm proud. Well done. Oh, brilliant. I'm sure you absolutely <laughs> nailed it as well. Um, let's talk about, you shared some amazing stories with me and I think it will really resonate with the audience about, um, you know, some of the things you've heard since you've launched Modi Body and how it's sort of helped people in different situations. And maybe we can start with that amazing boardroom story that I can't get out of my mind. Yes, so um, early on, uh, I've always been looking for, you know, to take on an investor. And so I'd have, since I did a springboard program and um, I was out there on, on, the, on the sort of journey of investment and came across this lady investor who told me her story and why she loved Modi Body. And that was because um, at a boardroom meeting full of men, um, white tiles, she went to get up to do her little pitch or presentation and she felt this drip, drip, drip onto the white tiles, which was her period arriving unexpectedly. And yeah, I think it's just, it was a great story. You know, she was a, she was a VC um, and that's why she wanted to speak with me, you know, because she thought it was so important that brands like ours, you know, get out there and, um, you know, get funding because it's such, and people sometimes still still tell me this is a niche market and I just look at them and go, niche, what is niche about periods? What is niche about incontinent? This is not niche, it's huge. Not um, I find that quite funny <laughs> when people say that. Yeah. yeah. I love that you're, um, you know, I, I, I love the way you're going about the whole business as well in terms of, you know, the advertising and those sorts of things. It seems really deliberate. Like what's, you know, there's there's obviously a, a real message that you're passionate about in there. What, tell yeah. us about that. Well, again, I think it comes from my own experience, you know, being a teenage girl, um, just always feeling like the images around me didn't represent me, uh, weren't speaking to me. And then I think you're going to your 20s and you still feel the same and um, the lack of inclusivity um, and representation. So that was that was important. I said to myself, if I'm going to be out there being vulnerable and talking about openly and pushing an agenda to talk more openly about these topics, I'm also going to push what I feel is right in terms of representation of people. Um, so yeah, we, we have, you know, abled people, disabled people, all ethnicities, ages, that's, that's just been a real, um, yeah, just something on my own personal agenda that I wanted to do. And, I, and what I found when we started doing that is everyone wanted it. And I think that's what I found about Modibody, what I felt, this openness, this transparency, this take all that away and just, you know, tell me the truth is what consumers want. So, yeah, in a lot of ways, I felt like I've just, the marketing that I'm doing is really what I wanted to see myself. So that's why I think it's resonated. Um, 
you know, some of the stories that I've got back from mums who've got, you know, kids with Down syndrome where Monty bodies benefited them um, or autism or women with endometriosis. It's just phenomenal when you just start to open things up, like we've seen in other areas around women and, you know, sexual consent and all these other things. When you open up the conversation, people will talk. Someone just has to be brave enough to do it. You've just got to create the space, don't you? And yeah. make it safe to do it. Yeah, make it safe. That's exactly right. Um, yeah. and, and that's what our customers do. I mean, we've, we've got all these wonderful customers who share their stories openly through, um, you know, our customer service team, but also on social media. And, and I think that's great. I'm really proud of um, what we've done as a brand, Modi Body to change. And we've just seen Woolworths actually change their aisle to period care. And I think that we've played a part in, in making that change. Wow, that's fabulous. I, had, I didn't know that. That's fabulous. So you talked earlier about um, just sort of fumbling your way along this journey and not necessarily starting out with the idea of creating this really large, successful business. Was there a point in the journey where you sort of looked around you and went, oh? <laughs> um, I, yeah, I think probably by about the end of the second year, I started to realise I was really onto something and um, and that's hence why I did join that Springboard Accelerator program. I went into Heads Over Heels. So I started to surround myself and talk to other mentors. Um, and, and I've always done that. I've always, when I say fumble, I fumble when I find and that's what I do. Like I fumble, find, fumble, find. And, and I talk to other people. I'm very open to what other people's feedback is, even though I don't always, I don't always, but that's why I always take that take that on I try to keep open in that journey um, yeah. I think where it's in business it's always if you're not improving and you're not innovating you're not moving forward and I think throughout my our whole culture and our organization is what that's great we're doing that well what can we do better tomorrow so um, I think that comes through that the whole organization so I went a little off track with the answer there. <laughs> oh, can I ask, um, there will be a lot of people in the audience looking at this and, you know, just thinking I could never do what Christy has done. Um, you know, she's incredible. I couldn't take those risks and do those things. I'm sure you get that feedback. How do you respond to that? Or what's, what's your sort of response? Oh, look, I'm no superstar. Like I really aren't. I, I've worked hard. And I know I keep hearing other entrepreneurs say that it does take a lot of hard work. I have you know I've sacrificed a lot of myself because I have you know a large family as well um, so I've had to do some crazy hours at times but when you find something that's so purpose-driven um, you to fulfill that it's just so such a rewarding experience it's worth it it's worth the sleepless nights just like you know for those who are parents out there and having a child it's worth it it's worth the ups and downs and the full emotional spectrum is what I think life should be about. It's not about being happy and comfortable. It's actually about that full life experience. So I actually think most people are capable, but you just start small, start very small, stop looking at me and going, oh, you know, because this is how many years later, 10 years, yeah. start small, focus on your journey. And um, when you get stuck, write a plan and move forward again. Mm. Now, you um, have got private equity involvement in the business, so you've got external involvement in the business, and we haven't always heard positive stories about that, and one of the people that I interviewed as part of the series um, had, had an experience where um, they started second-guessing themselves when they introduced external, not external investors, they did have external investors, but they got private equity involved, and I just wondered if you could share your experience 
Yeah, so um, I only took on an investor uh, when I felt the business was ready and I was ready. And in that sense, um, I didn't want to short change what I thought the business was worth. And um, so I went out to the market. I actually had a full female team stand beside me to go through that pitch process. Um, and I went out to, I think we had about 20 meetings with, with potential investors. Um, and then two of them uh, were sort of the last two at the table and I chose Quadrant. And I chose Quadrant because I felt they were going to be very much a, um, female um, friendly and also founder friendly. And in that sense, what I mean by that is I knew that they weren't gonna come in and destroy the brand and destroy the business. They were there to help grow us operation, the operational um, side behind my business, which was a little worrying <laughs> sometimes. Yes. And they were there to be a great sounding board and hold me accountable, which I'm to the to the results, which I'm very very happy to do because I hold myself accountable anyway. Anyway, yeah. Um, so yeah, I've, I've I've found the experience good and positive, and I, I think I should, it's great that you bring that up because it's really important to share that with other female founders. Don't don't think that all private equity are nasty. There might be a lot of men, and that does need to change, but a lot of them are really open to good business. So yeah. Yeah, and so you, <laughs> I missed that. What did you say? It's been a positive experience for me. Fantastic. That's really good. And there are a lot of positive experiences. So um, yeah. I'm glad I'm glad that you shared that. I guess I did want to ask, um, and you just flagged then that you didn't come across a lot of females um, in the private equity space. Yeah. Um, you know, we are, there's a lot of business areas where we're not necessarily seeing a lot of females and we're not seeing a lot of traction in terms of more females moving into leadership positions. Have you got any, just from your own experience, um, you know, have you got any ideas or thoughts about any of that? Um, I think that is a, it's a really good question. I, look, I think, you know, I, I think there is a lot of discussion out there, but we're not necessarily going out and asking women and, and getting the, the feedback from what women want. Um, and I think there's confusion. I don't. I think there's also elements of the services around us don't provide for females in terms of you know the childcare services. And then I still think in the home front there's an issue that's happening um, where women don't feel brave enough to step away from some of the traditional responsibilities to allow men to step up and do them, so that the mental load can be reduced for them as well. So I know even myself, I feel. I felt like, you know, it can, in a funny way, define me and make me feel of more, you know, value to your partner, which is a strange old concept. I think that's not true. But yep. by me, you know, doing these, some of these traditional things like providing dinner and the shopping and all that sort of stuff. But I think we have to teach women that that shouldn't be the value in your relationship, that, you know, you have to you have to seek equality here at the, in the home front first. And now I think then some of all this other stuff will fall away. But as I go back to, is that what women want? Yeah, I, I don't know if that's the, I don't know if we know, and I don't know if anyone's asking women in the majority the question. Because um, mm. what I found through searching for women, even in more senior, senior leadership roles, they actually don't want it. So that's worrying. They're like, no, it's too big a load. It's too hard. I, I'm not at that right stage of my life. So I don't know. There's a, there's a few little things going on that we need to address. Yeah, I love what you said then about, um, you know, maybe we need to be braver at creating the space for partners to step up or, or being kind of direct about what we need. And, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable sharing my own story in that when I stepped into a CEO role, 
I was originally doing it part-time a couple of days a week. And I think because I was in the part-time role, my husband, who was also working, assumed that I was the more flexible one. Yes. Kids were sick, so I was at home and, and all those sorts of things. And, you know, not incredibly well-meaning, incredibly helpful on, you know, every other front sort of shared things. But I really had to sit down and say, just because I'm part-time, it doesn't mean my role is less important. Yeah, I agree. And for a lot of women, that part-time is four days instead of five so then you're still catching the rest you know like I've got one day to catch up on all the home front and that's not right but um but I think we have to have those hard conversations and and I, I just wonder still why a lot of women can't do it um and are we not providing them the space or is it something to do with the value that we hold ourselves accountable to and that that that's um yeah so can I swing back around to Modi Body for a sec? Because I think for people that haven't used them before, I think the the question is, you know, do they really work? <laughs> yes, absolutely, one hundred percent, they work. Are um, they messy? Like, what's you know, you know, no messier than your regular disposable hygiene. So you know, I. I, I so, you know, the, the only difference is that, you know, you have to wash them. Um, yeah. And we're women, we're comfortable with our bodies. It's just blood. It's not a big deal. You know, yeah. you've got to rinse them. Wow. You know, I mean, we, especially even for those who've had children out there, let's, there's nothing that's um, not, you know, that can't be shown. It's just our bodies leaking. It's a, I think that, that we have been so fed this old way of managing our periods. Um, it's all we know. And I think that's why we've seen very the young, much the younger generation embrace Modi Body um, because this is all they, they're going to know. That's what we hope anyway, um, yeah. that, that, that we can get that swing and that change. But, yeah, you know, I mean, periods, they can be uncomfortable sometimes and they are messy. Let's let's be real about it. Um, yeah. But Modi Body doesn't make it um, any more so. And if anything, it provides much more comfort and, um, you know, there's no fear of leaks. So that's a good yeah. thing. <laughs> well, you know, I personally wish that no woman ever has to go back or go through the situations of tampons rolling across a boardroom floor yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> or, or any other situation where they fall out of a handbag as they inevitably do. So, um, well, Christine, stain sheets, which is never great either. So, <laughs> can I ask the final question that I'm asking everybody in the series is from your perspective, what does brave feminine leadership? look like and do you think it needs to change yeah I had to really think about this one and and for me I I don't like the you know the, the gender of brave feminine leadership because I think of leaders like you know Michelle Obama and Barack Obama and their leadership style is exactly the same and what I think it means it's about um, following your purpose um, being authentic um, and getting in and doing it and I think that's what means but I just try not to put the feminine in <laughs> I love that no I think that's beautiful and you know you hear people talk about the fact that we've had the era of um we've had the era of muscle we've had the era of brains and we're now in the era of heart yes. uh, when it comes to leadership and that's kind of what I take out of what you've just said there yeah that's exactly right that's exactly right yeah. Fantastic. Christy, thank you so much for joining the conversation. It's been an absolute pleasure to meet you and I know the audience will have loved the conversation. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me.
Hello there. If you're enjoying the podcast and would love to accelerate your own growth and leadership, then head to bravefeminineleadership.com forward slash brave tips for your gift from me, where I've captured all of the amazing tips and themes that came out of these conversations. I hope they help you feel your brave rising.